the IE Business Podcast in association with PwC. Redesign your organization. Reinvent your capabilities. Reimagine your future. Hello there, and welcome to the IE Business Podcast in association with PwC. I'm Koch Cadden and talking to me today is Bob Savage, Vice President, Regional CIO for EMEA and Site Leader of Dell Technologies in Cork. Bob, that's some mouthful of a title. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Cod. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a mouthful um, <laughs> and I have to remember it. But uh, yeah, that, that's what it is. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm site lead for um, the Cork campus for Dell. And uh, I suppose I should start with my job description, which Absolutely. tells me what I am. It, connecting people across the organization, speaking in a single voice, driving a culture of innovation, making it a safe, great and diverse place to work and building strong relationships with our stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty, pretty big task. So talk to it me is. about your day to day in the job. Yeah, the day to day is really is we want our team members. We have four and a half thousand team members in Ireland, a lot of those in Cork, is that if you really want to be part of Dell and believe in the purpose and vision and mission, we must make it a place where you can really be at your best and feel you're contributing. And that's a challenging but exciting job. Now, you joined Dell uh, around 35 years ago. Exactly, yeah. I don't think there's many people who have been with a multinational in Ireland that long. I don't think there's a lot of people that could share that kind of experience. So what have you learned along the way? What has changed? Well, I started, um, I did a degree in electronic engineering in regional technical college, Cork, finished in 85 worked for an indigenous company for a few years. But the advice I had got was at that time, work for a US multinational, ideally a startup. And of course, we were then EMC because EMC was acquired by Dell in 2016. And I got in there as a test engineer and uh, I haven't been found out yet. It's been a fantastic experience. You know, after a number of years, got interest in managing and leading people and worked my way through there. Became site lead in uh, 2008. And... Um, and I take that very seriously because it was my choice to be site lead and com- comes with that as responsibility, responsibility for the team and responsibility for the company. And uh, yeah, I'm 60 years of age and it's, uh, it's still uh, exciting me, you know. Wow. And that must have been tough, 2008, taking on such a massive role in the middle of a crash. Did that affect Dell at all? No, we were, we were as I said, we were EMC at the time and we had a lot of markets outside uh, of where we are here. So, yeah, it had an effect. But generally speaking, we had a robust portfolio of products, so we, we, we worked our way through it. And, and, and there was strong demand for what we had in the storage area at that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a long time to be with the one company and especially in a tech company. Mm. And I know, as you say, it's it's been bought and it's changed over the years. But what has been the biggest change that you've seen in Ireland in particular over the 35 years? Well, first of all, the diversity of our workforce. If mm-hmm. I look at the team out in Cork now and I look at the countries, 14, 15 different countries, we have different employee resource groups for Asia and action, et cetera, et cetera. That diversity thing has become so important because diversity leads to innovation and different thinking. So uh, we've got 14 business units. We've got manufacturing at the center doing a lot of new technology. But that diversity of opinion and thought has been very important. Mm-hmm. And during the course of that experience, I mean, you've worked in Egypt, India, and as you said previously, the mm-hmm. U.S., 
Ireland just seems like a drop in the ocean, to be honest, uh, compared to those places. So in terms of current day, how do we kind of measure up in terms of our tech advancement? And, uh, you know, you're talking about the device diverse diversity of the skill force is there a lack of digital skills coming in there now and and impacting that workforce i always say we can do we can do better but we're doing okay if i think of where we are here in cork we have ucc mtu tyndall national institute further education and training and we leverage and partner with all of those around skills and of course we upskill. We have a culture of upskilling and reskilling of our workforce that now, with the digital transformation, is more important than ever. And we, we're always looking at the newer skills and making sure that our people avail of the training programs that we put in place. Because that keeps you relevant. To, to the value proposition that we need to bring to our customers. Mm-hmm. You strike me as a very optimistic person and that's nice to see as someone who's not jaded, especially mm-hmm. with the one company for so long. But um, in terms of just the the big picture, is Ireland, do you think, still a good place for a tech multinational to base its European headquarters here? Or do you think there are things that are just really impacting that competitive competitiveness, like our lack of infrastructure and, again, the lack of availability of skills? Well, I, I don't see the skills one as an insurmountable one. Maybe that's me being overly optimistic because if you address it in the right way, upskilling your internal people, working very strongly with the universities on new programs and, and, and also the, what we call now the micro-credentials where you can have modules that are bringing people up to speed on AI or edge computing or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. So, look, why, why, why would you come to Ireland? Talented people. Talented people who can innovate and also talented people who can lead. Membership of the EU, very pro-business environment, multilingual with English speaking. And we'll always have challenges, Guy. There'll always be challenges. It's how you address them. Years back, we had a challenge with energy costs. We couldn't affect the unit cost, but we got our teams together and reduced usage by, and bringing in new technologies. So I'm not saying you'll solve everything, but you've got to look at it with a glass half full. Mm-hmm. And I suppose energy is a new, uh, well, it's a it's a, a challenge that has come back now. So Absolutely. Yeah, has that been I mean, an issue for you? Well, it's part of what we call in the alert of 2030, Mucha goes to be absolutely focused on sustainability and the environment. We're looking at all areas of, of technology from an energy perspective. Uh, solar, combined heat and power and reusable energy is a big focus for us in our manufacturing facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to go back to, you know, Ireland's uh, space in the multinational sector, do you think Ireland is overly reliant on multinationals uh, f- to boost the economy? And I'm asking you this in particular because I know that you were uh, on the bo- um, a chair on Enterprise Ireland and growing mm. Indigenous businesses. So do you think coming at, from both angles there and growing small businesses and being part of such a large organisation, do you think there's a bit more focus on one side? I don't think so now. It may have been before when I was younger. Um, but let me give you a perspective. One of my development plans came to me through a, a senior mentor who's now retired in our company. And he said, to bring more skills to bear to the company, go work for not-for-profit. So I've been involved, privileged with Enterprise Ireland, with CIT becoming MTU, but with the American Chamber also. And, you know, what 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 foreign direct investment has done for us at the proportions it is, is 
it, it creates an ecosystem where people like me and others can avail of that network and travel and become global. And quite a few people have left our company over the years to start up their own. And I think of um, Sean Sheehan Weistech, who was one of the guys that I worked very closely with, got a lot of experience working with us and then sets up a, a great company that scales and was fully supported by Enterprise Ireland. Yeah, and we're looking. We're kind of looking at that happen again now after the tech slowdown that happened. Um, you know, post pandemic e commerce slump. Um, you know, tech companies getting quite bloated and having to slim down. Dell as well, in particular. Um, you know that you could the Dell cut five percent of the workforce mm. globally. Um, and we'll talk about that a minute in a minute about how it has impacted the workforce in Ireland. But a lot of people are leaving these big companies and starting small companies then afterwards so do you think there's kind of like there has been I hate to say benefits from this tech slowdown but I suppose what have been the lessons learned along the yeah, way benefits would be I think that, that it, it, there will be a certain number of people who will leave tech companies for lots of reasons but people who have an entrepreneurial spirit or an entrepreneurial kind of culture in them the confidence that they get from a number of years working in a multinational they'll go off and then take that experience and their entrepreneurial edge and go and do something for themselves, mm -hmm. which I think is great for the country uh, and it's, it's, it's great overall. And there is a good balance. If you look now across the, the range of indigenous companies and small companies, high potential scale-up companies, they're doing, they're doing very well. And the multinational thing has given people like us the confidence to say, yeah, we can compete with the other countries that you mentioned and we can go out there and produce products and solutions and ideas for global markets. Mm -hmm. And how has the last year been in Dell? You know, it's particularly with the cutting of uh, it's 6,650 jobs worldwide. How, how many were impacted here in Ireland? There was some impacted. I, I don't want to give a specific number, but the very important thing for us was we began to look uh, again at the new emerging areas of technology that we moved quite a few people into. So I'm talking about um, edge, the opening of our telco systems business, cyber security, and of course AI, which everyone is talking about. Mm -hmm. So we've upskilled and reskilled a lot of people into that space and hired in that space over the last number of years as well, mm -hmm. you know, which has been very important. And do you feel like Dell has been pushed into the AI space and the cybersecurity space, particularly because of the slowdown in PC sales? Because Apple is such a huge player in that market. It's kind of, is it hard to keep up with such a dominant player in that field, especially a major player in Ireland as well? Have you had to diversify your offering a bit? No, we look, we have a differentiated offering and we have a complete offering of our own in, in, in both commercial and in, 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 in consumer uh, devices. We have a, we have a a roadmap that is quite competitive if, if you look at it in its whole guise as there. So we wouldn't be that pressed on, on, on the Apple side of things. We are embracing AI because our customers expect us to embrace AI. We're going to automate tasks and processes that make sense to do so while we take our very talented people and get them to do higher value operations. Mm -hmm. That's the big focus of what we do in Dell. Yeah, and uh, there was a really interesting report uh, from an Oireachtas committee there last week about the the um, the challenges that come with AI. And do you see the emergence of AI tightening that labour force even more? Um, they said that they can see a huge number of jobs being at risk because of the emergence of AI. Would uh, you agree with that? I wouldn't agree with that, no. Okay. Look, we're already uh, outside in, in our ovens facility implementing a lot of what we call cobots mm -hmm. or collaborative robots. 
taking away certain tasks, but we're taking our very talented people to do higher value activities around those. So it's not going to jobs are going to go away. But if we're if you're if, if you're looking, we're, we're very much looking at our whole person coming to work and emphasizing the human skills that are needed in whatever discipline that can now be value add while some of these more rote activities are taken care of by AI and uh, and the co-ops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does seem like, you know, the everyday tech company has so much more responsibility now, as you say, you know, you're working with cyber um, and all that kind of thing and, and working with uh, other multinationals like Meta. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a bit about that and how, you know, Dell has had to go down that direction and invest in, in those certain uh, offerings like cyber. Well, you have to because the world that we live in, there are threats coming from everywhere. And if we are selling our products and solutions to our customers, we must make sure that we have a proper approach to helping them protect themselves from cyber activities. So we have a strong set of cyber services and solutions that we offer our customers because the world it takes, we have to do it. And we have to protect our customers in those spaces. So it's a very important part of what we do because of the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've talked about the challenges this year and I want to talk a little bit more about them going forward and what you can see coming down the path. And I know we talked about AI as well, mm. but, you know, Dell has still invested heavily this year. I think it's a total of four million across two facilities mm. um, that you've invested in. So tell me about why you decided not to take the foot off the pedal, basically, and keep investing in Quark. Well, our customers may delay buying some solutions as part of their digital transformation, but delay is the word. They're not going to stop. Okay. Because if they stop, they'll stop. So we began to look at, first of all, um, hybrid working. So we done, we've done we done quite an awful lot of work in our office space to make sure that it's suitable for people to come in now who principally come in to collaborate and connect. And we've also introduced a brand new solution centre where we can trial and do what we call proof of concepts for our products and solutions to our customers, complete revamp of that because it's relevant to where we're going. And right adjacent to it, our Telecom Simpsons business, which is a new business for us as that market opens up, a brand new lab there as well where we can bring our customers in, collaborate, work with us. So, And we've done quite a lot of investment future-proofing what is a, a, an older building. So, no, it, it would be foolish for us to stop because just like COVID had ended, recessionary things will end. We need to be hugely relevant to our customers at that point in time, hence the investment. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you mentioned there, you know, hybrid working and the changing of habits in the workplace. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? And what's what's the story in Dell at the moment? We we are Dell and me personally, huge advocates for the hybrid, flexible working model. Not the four day week? No, 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 we're not four day week. Uh, We're looking at at a flexible model. But here's the story. It's very important that to realise that Dell, and you've said it, we've continued to invest since COVID happened. We've hired lots of people since COVID happened. It's, a, you, 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 it's very important that we connect people together and that the newer people appreciate what Dell is all about, our purpose, our vision, our culture, etc., etc. The only way you can do that is come in and connect with people. Mm-hmm. Our engineers, we've got quite a lot of software engineers who need to come in and sit in front of a whiteboard and look at new roadmaps and bring people up to speed in newer technologies. You can't do that over Zoom or over Teams. So but we're not going back to where we were. We'll have a balanced, 
hybrid, flexible approach. Mm-hmm. So definitely the, the the working of the past is gone, the in from nine to five, oh, that, Monday that's, to that's Friday, gone. 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 It yeah. is, as I said, a flexible hybrid thing. So you can work flexibly within the day you come in, but you're coming in and your principal thing is to collaborate with your fellow team members. I suppose, though, it's it's definitely uh, an a, an employer's or an employee's market now at the moment. Like they're kind of setting the standards. Would you agree with that? That they're pushing for this more, and employers just kind of have to respond. I, I would take. I, I'll go from our own leadership perspective mm-hmm. that the, the the flexibility thing was there from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, back as far as 2009, Dell was doing remote and hybrid working. So it was part of Michael Dell's philosophy from there back. So it's a balance, I would say, in our case. And I'm not saying that just because he would say that. It is a balance because we had precedent for well before the COVID era. Mm-hmm. And I want to touch on your experience just as a chartered engineer anyway, you know, mm-hmm. outside of Dell. Um, but just, you know, we're not out of the woods yet in terms of all of the headwinds that are facing different businesses. Um, and, you know, as well, in terms of manufacturing, you know, the Eurozone economy is still in the midst of a slowdown. Uh, the UK economy is still in the midst of a slowdown. And Ireland's uh, AIB's Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index, a leading industry survey, showed that exports from Irish manufacturers were being hit by this. So are we still, is Ireland still vulnerable to, um, you know, how other economies are doing? Like, it doesn't matter how healthy uh, Pascal and Michael say we're doing, you know, if mm. if other economies aren't doing so well, we're kind of at risk. Would you say that? Look, these are global issues and therefore we're going to be affected by it. My view, though, in relative sense, in a relative sense of who we are and what we offer, we'll do better than most because of the, the sheer volume of multinationals we have, the offerings and products we have. If I look at the tech sector where we are, as I said to you earlier, you can only delay so long investing in your digital future. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you'll be irrelevant when the recession ends. Mm-hmm. So that balance of stuff, we're going to be affected, of course. There's no question about that. But I think we're, we're, we're well positioned. And yeah, there's going to be a hit here and there. But I think we have resiliency now that will help us along the way. I genuinely do. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I'm so interested to ask. I know we've talked very technically about your role in in the in Dell and you know all of the stuff going on outside of Dell mm. that is impacting it. But over the course of your large career with the company, what would you point out as a highlight? Well, uh, over the 35 years, there's been lots of highlights inside from visits to the launching of new products. But going back for a second quite to the advice I got of working with external NGOs, I think the representing Dell Technologies in 2016 as president of the American Chamber of Commerce and building that network was one of those highlights. The other one was my huge involvement with RTC, CIT. They were so important to our journey, as indeed UCC were. But then being chair of the governing body of CIT as we became MTU, Knowing how important that these institutions are to Dell, they were two highlights that would stand out for me. Okay. Mm. And you've seen governments come and go and ministers come and go. Who's mm. been the best to work with for multinationals like Dell? I I wouldn't make any specific <laughs> comment on that. You know, That's I very quite. diplomatic. <laughs> but what I would say is the philosophy of our company has always been we deal with and work with proactively the government of the day. And we've always done that. You know, we've had, in this case, we've had two of those significant 
lab openings with Minister McGrath and, and, and Minister Coveney. We partner, we really appreciate the partnership with the IDA, which links into government. Um, they work closely with us on, on our challenges and our opportunities. And that's the philosophy we've taken. We'd stick with that. And we've done, I can say it because we've been doing it for 35 years. So it's kind of worked. You know? Okay. Yeah. So would you like to see a major change in government? I know we have elections looming. Again, at the end of the day, there's been lots of permutations of government. I'm sure there'll be permutation changes and we'll deal with that as it, as it, as it, as it comes. I, I think you should run for politics next, Bob. <laughs> I don't know. These are very diplomatic <laughs> answers. <laughs> no, but again, it sounds that way. But if, if we'd only done it for about four years, but we've been doing it for 35 years and mm-hmm. we've had single party, go- all governments, it's the attitude the company takes and how you work with government proactively two-way. And I think we'll do that whatever permutation comes in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've covered the highs. What have been some of the lows? Well, any kind of recession mm. is a law. You know, during our 35 years, and we're a people company, we've lost people due to passing of an illness and otherwise. For me, as a leader, that was exceptionally um, sad for me. We have, if you ever visit, a remembrance garden in our office outside where people can go and remember those team members who tragically lost their lives. Um, and, and that's something that I never lose sight of. Um, that's that that's probably the biggest one that will affect me and, and, and we've had some recently so uh, you can never forget that and, and and yeah you know if you if you have to leave someone go you know that's also a very difficult time and a very difficult thing to do and I don't take it lightly or for granted mm-hmm. um, and then just finally to talk about what's next for Bob Savage uh, you know you're 60 35 years in the company any signs of slowing down or anything else on the horizon well, Politics. I'm, I, I'm conscious of my age, guy, but you know, I still feel, and I think the, the powers that be feel I'm adding a bit of value. I've uh, been privileged, thanks to UCC, John O'Halloran, and Tyndall, to just done nearly my first year on, on the board of Tyndall uh, National Institute, which is a fantastic organisation. Uh, I hope to add a bit of value there, but I'm, I'm certainly learning tons from it and working with the, the, the board in there. So, um, no immediate signs of slowing down. Health, thank God, is good. So, uh, and the most important thing here is I'm passionate about what I do and I hope, and I hope there's people there to remind me that if I get complacent, please throw me out. Mm-hmm. And one final question. I know you talked a bit about how it's some of the advice you got along the way, but you must have gotten a, a good bit more in, in all those years with Dell. Oh, yeah. So like what have been, what's been the best kind of piece of professional advice and personal advice that you've got? while in the role? First of all, and this is important for people to remember through a career, there'll always be one or two people at crucial times who'll open a door for you that's a bit heavy. And, you know, most recently, uh, a retired senior vice president from Limerick, Dennis Kelly, was a great mentor to me. I have a mentor that had been with me for a long time. In fact, I call him now a trusted advisor because Martin Brennan will tell me what I need to hear as well as what I want to hear. Um... But it's important to have people around you who are not afraid to tell you where you're going wrong. Mm -hmm. And through my work in life, there's been a few of those that have helped guide me in the right direction. And um, I am most grateful for that. And I hope I can do the same for a few others along the way. So welcome the critics, basically. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And especially for us now, younger generation, we have an enterprise resource group, Gen Next, 
And when I meet with the younger folk there, they must feel comfortable pointing out some of my shortcomings or I'm not going to do the job correctly. That must be tough now. If it's not a, easy. If there's a 20-year-old coming it's in. It's not easy, but I have to. That's my learning. You know? Yeah. Very good. Well, Bob, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the IE Business Podcast. Right, thank you for having me. Thank you. Join me for another episode of the IE Business Podcast next week. The IE Business Podcast, in association with PwC, Redesign your organization. Reinvent your capabilities. Reimagine your future.